The New York Giants are in Motown this week to work against the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to tell you what some of the most intriguing battles are over these next few days. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, and it is Tuesday, August 8th. The days are just rolling by. The New York Giants are in Motown, Detroit Rock City this week. That's right. They came in on Monday afternoon. They are going to practice against the Detroit Lions for a couple of days. Then they'll have a kind of a walkthrough session on Thursday, then a preseason game on Friday. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, I'm going to run down some of the most intriguing battles, the one-on-one battles that I know I'm going to be paying attention to in this these next few days. So we'll talk about that. Then I have a few random thoughts, just some things that I've kind of seen on my Twitter feed that I want to address about, you know, certain misconceptions and stuff. And just give you, you know, maybe some nuggets to think about as we go forth in these, you know, getting into the preseason games. And then finally, I have an offensive projection and a defensive projection, two numbers that I'm going to give you. And I'm going to give you the over under as to whether the Giants will meet or not meet those numbers. So that is the agenda for today's program. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Special shout out to all my everydayers, um, to all my newcomers. If anybody out there is new to the program, welcome to the family and to everybody in between. Love you all. Appreciate you all for tuning in. We've got a lot to cover. Let's do it. All right. We're going to start off with the most intriguing battles against the Detroit Lions. Now, before I get into that real quick, the parameters for these joint practices, they're going to be scripted. There's not going to be any putting of guys on the ground. You know, Dan Campbell, um, head coach of the Detroit Lions, Brian Dable, the Giants head coach. Basically, they got together, as I understand it, and they basically laid down some parameters. They want physicality, but they don't want people getting carried away and just, you know, rolling up on guys or just, you know, knocking people to the ground or, you know, landing on them with their body weight. So they want to do it in a controlled environment. So that being said, it's not quite going to be like a real game where all bets are off and everybody's just out to, you know, get at each other. But it is going to give the Giants and the Lions, for that matter, an opportunity to work against different faces, different colored uniforms, different skill sets, and kind of use this as a litmus test as to how far they've come along in the 10 or so practices that each team has had in training camp so far. So, What are some of the battles that I am particularly interested in and why? All right. I'm going to give you, I think I have, let's see, one, two, three. I'm going to give you four. All right. These are the four that I am most interested in and why I'm most interested in them. Number one, Lions offensive tackles, Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell versus Giants outside linebackers, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. 
Now, Ojulari, as I understand it, is going to practice, barring anything, you know, funky coming up. Um, why is this intriguing? The Lions, from what I understand, from having spoken to my, you know, locked on uh, colleagues over, who cover Detroit, the Lions have a very aggressive defensive front that has been testing their offensive line and their offensive line has been holding up. So that means they're going to go against a young giants outside linebacker duel, the Batman and Robin of the, of the defense who uh, has looked pretty good thus far in camp. Now, statistically speaking, Decker last year gave up 33 pressures in the regular season. Sewell 28. The two of them together only allowed six sacks. This according to Pro Football Focus. Now, the Giants' dynamic duel, remember, Ojulari and Thibodeau did not play a full 17-game season. They didn't even play 16 games, all right? We, we won't count the 17th game since, you know, a lot of the starters were rested that week. But here's what they were able to do. Ojulari came up with an 11.1% pass rush win rate, Thibodeau, a 9.5% pass rush win rate. They combined for 59 pressures total. Thibodeau had 40, Aziz had 19 in what I call partial seasons. Again, Thibodeau missed um, the first couple of games. Ojolari missed a handful of games as well. So just imagine if they had played even 16 games last year, what those numbers would have been. So any way you look at it, they're going to be a nice matchup on the edges for the two lion tackles. Now, you can also say along the interior, as long as we're talking, you know, front seven versus uh, the Lions offense, you can also say, okay, how's that interior going to deal with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams? Mm. Dexter Lawrence, as we know, last year led the Giants in sacks. He is a low to handle, ladies and gentlemen. One man alone cannot handle Dexter Lawrence. He's just that, you know, difficult to, to deal with. So if he lines up over center, you know, that's going to be the responsibility of Frank Ragnow to handle him. The guards, the projected guards, I believe, are um, Jonah Jackson, I think is their left guard, the Lions left guard. And um, Hala Pulavati Vaitai, I hope I said that right. I think he's the right guard. Um, at least that's you know what I have on, on the depth chart. So that interior against Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence going to be something to watch because Dexter and Lawrence, you know, if, if, if Thibodeau and, and Ojulari are the Batman and Robin of the outside linebacker group for the Giants, then Lawrence and Williams are the Batman and Robin up front, and they are going to be a load to handle as well. All right, another group that I'll be watching, another matchup. Aiden Hutchinson, the Lions pass rusher, versus Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott. Now, T Hutchinson is somebody they move around, you know, uh, for matchup purposes and whatnot. But the Giants, you know, Andrew Thomas has just been an absolute brick wall. Right, every one-on-one -on -one matchup he's had, he's won. There's just, just no beating the guy. Hutchinson's going to be a nice challenge for him. 
All right. So Hutchinson last year in the regular season, 37 pressures, nine and a half sacks. Andrew Thomas last year only gave up 21 pressures, two sacks. All right. Now on the other side, Matt Parrott is expected to step in for Evan Neal, who is still in the concussion protocol. Parrott is, is, um, competing, you know, against Tyree Phillips for that, you know, for that swing tackle role. Last year in 78 pass blocking snaps, Parrot gave up seven pressures, one sack. So I don't know if the Lions are going to necessarily, you know, move Parrot over, you know, or across from uh, from Matt Parrot, but um, that's going to be interesting nonetheless to see how Hutchinson does against the Giants' two tackles. All right. Another group that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is the test of speed. All right. So in particular, the Lions receivers, Amara St. Brown and Jameson Williams, assuming Williams is healthy, that is, versus Adoree Jackson and Deontay Banks, the projected outside cornerbacks for the Giants. Now, St. Brown last year was the Lions leading receiver caught 109 out of 139 pass targets for 1,161 yards, six touchdowns. He only had four drops, right? So that's a 76.3% catch rate. Not too bad. And he was, um, the, I think he finished 10th in the NFL in terms of receiving yards. Again, that total 1,161 yards. Now I mentioned Williams. Williams has been, um, he, he's a guy with speed. And he's a guy with promise. The thing with him this summer has unfortunately been injuries and drops. So if Williams's game is on point, he can really take the top off of a defense. So bottom line is St. Brown and Williams, they're going to be two good tests for the Giants improved speed in the defensive backfield. So we'll see how that battle plays out. And I'm going to give you one more because this this one is just, you know, it's obvious. What more can I say about this? I'm, so I'm just going to put it out there. Darren Waller versus the world. <laughs> All right. Seriously, Darren Waller versus that Lions defense. If the Giants practices are any indication, nobody's been able to guard Darren Waller. I mean, at least not with any kind of consistent success. I mean, you've seen Micah McFadden knock away a pass, but for the most part, Darren Waller is just, you know, he is, he's a freak. I mean, his teammates call him a freak of nature and he's, he has been. So um, I'm curious to see how the lions do against him, you know, because a lot of people say to me, Oh, you know, you, you, you talk about Darren Waller being so good or this receiver being good. Is it the fact that the receiver was good or the defense was bad? Well, now we're going to get some answers, folks as to who was really good and who wasn't good. So Waller versus the world is basically, you know, the other big matchup um, that we'll be keeping an eye on. And, you know, there are others that'll pop up. We'll have to see how it kind of all plays out. But those are the, the ones that I think, you know, if you were asking me the headline and feature, those are the ones I would say roll with. All right, folks, coming up next, I have some random thoughts I just want to throw out there. Just some things that I was jotting down throughout the day that uh, I just want to throw on the podcast and kind of see what you think. So that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. 
Hey, Giant fans, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And Giant fans, if you're looking for a second-year fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback, then you got to consider a receiver that the Giants are actually going to see in the third preseason game this year, as well as during the regular season, and that is the Jets' Garrett Wilson. Wilson is guaranteed to be a fit with Rodgers as he is ready to build on his rookie promise. Watch for Wilson to make big plays all over the field with his speed, quickness, and route running. And Giant fans, if you're looking for a guaranteed fit for your vehicle, you need to check out eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you to understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle. So go forth, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating when your ride needs a fixing. Because with eBay's guaranteed fit, everything you need for your vehicle is just a click away. For parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena, and I appreciate you tuning in. As always, as the New York Giants are inching closer to real football. That's right, preseason football on Friday night, Giants at Detroit Lions. And um, before that, there's going to be some scrimmaging between the Lions and, and the uh, the Giants. So that's going to be fun to keep track of. And, uh, you know, I just talked about some of the key matchups I know I'll be keeping an eye on. And uh, before I get into this uh, next segment here about random thoughts, just an invitation to y'all that uh, if you want to continue the conversation with me regarding Giants football, you can do so one-on-one via our new subtext community. Visit joinsubtext.com slash Giants for details. Free 14-day trial if you like it. Continue on for four ninety nine a month. If you don't like it, you simply cancel after you know or before your your fourteen day trial is up. Message and data rates may apply. You check with your carrier, and uh, I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you guys. We have a growing community community coming. I'm getting ready to do another exclusive video later this week for my subtext community. I've got some other features that I'm going to try and roll out. See what you guys like and what you don't like. So check it out. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. All right. In this segment, we're going to talk about some random thoughts I had. Now, throughout the day, what I tend to do is I just tend to write things down in my little notebook here. You know, things that pop up, whether I see something on, you know, Twitter that I, I say to myself, eh, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, something that I feel needs to be explained a little bit more. Or maybe something pops up and I say, hmm. Maybe there's a different perspective that I can give. So I have a couple of things here that I want to talk about real quick. Um, one of the things I happened to notice on Twitter 
is there was a comment made about the offensive line and the fact that the Giants continue to rotate guys in the along the interior. So Josh Azudu, the last couple of days, he's been the left guard. Um, ben Bredesen has been working at center versus John Michael Schmitz, who I think had four days in a row at center. And then right guard, it's been either Bredesen or Mark Lewinsky. I think today in the Giants' one-hour brief walkthrough, it was Lewinsky. And a comment was made like, oh my gosh, the Giants still don't know what they're going to do. Folks, I'm not so sure that's the case when it comes to the offensive line. I do think that the coaches have a rough idea what they want that line to look like. And that the reason you are seeing these different combinations is quite simple. And I'm going to take you back to last year, specifically the center position. What happened when Nick Gates wasn't available and John Feliciano wasn't available? Does anybody remember? I'll tell you. They plugged in Ben Bredesen there. Ben Bredesen got 30 snaps at center. So fast forward to this year. And, you know, before they drafted John Michael Schmitz to be their center of the future, the feeling was, okay, yeah, Ben Bredesen can do it. Um, not based on 30 snaps, folks. I don't care what the Giants say. It wasn't going to happen on 30 snaps. So anyway, the point I'm getting at is the Giants, by moving Bredesen around to left guard, to center, to right guard, they're getting him valuable practice snaps so that if, God forbid, they have an injury at center and John Michael Schmitz can't go, or if, God forbid, John Michael Schmitz isn't what they thought he was, where he's ready to start, they've got backup plans. You know, there were times last year, I think on the offensive line in particular, where they had to scramble to plug guys in and maybe those guys didn't have enough, you know, experience or just weren't very good. So it doesn't hurt to expand a guy's um, offerings, what he can do for the team. That's what I think is going on with the rotation at offensive line. I don't think it's necessarily, wow, we still don't know what we're going to do. I think Brian Dable is playing at Coy. Okay, another thought I have. You know, I talk about concerns, and I know on, on a recent show I said my biggest concern was outside linebacker because I, I asked the question, okay, outside of Thibodeau and Ojolari, who's pass rusher three, four, and so forth? Well, yeah, that's still a concern for me. But here's another concern that is developing in my eyes, and that's the defensive line. So you have Dexter and Leonard Williams up front. Ryder Anderson's going to miss several weeks with the triceps injury. That per um, head coach Brian Dable. DJ Davidson is still sitting on pup. Ashawn Robinson just got off pup on Monday, so they're going to need to ramp him up the next several weeks. Rakeem Nunez Roches has a groin injury, so he may not practice this week. Gee whiz, folks, suddenly that defensive line depth that they built up doesn't look that deep. Now, they do have a few other guys that I didn't mention, but what was interesting is the Giants worked out Chris Wormley, who used to be with um, Wink Martindale, down in Baltimore before he went on to, before Warmly went on to uh, Pittsburgh, where he played the last, I think, three seasons. So it's just, if you don't think that there's some concern maybe about the defensive line depth, 
There is. Okay. Um, it's, it's fitting out that depth. And that's the one position. If you remember last year, again, the fact that they were so thin, the run defense went down the tubes. You know, that was one of the reasons the run defense wasn't very good. There was just problems. You know, that's why you had to have Dexter Lawrence and um, Leonard Williams play so many snaps. You don't want to have to do that. So hopefully the defensive line depth by the time they start the season is good to go. But right now it's a little thin. It's on the thin side. Let's not kid ourselves. And then the other point I want to talk about real quick is the concept of Eric Gray as a kickoff returner. Now, Eric Gray has been working as a kickoff returner for the last several practices that I've been at. Um, Dable said that, you know, they're going to take a look at him. Doesn't have a whole lot of experience from college. You know, he returned a handful of punts and kickoffs um, here and there. But, you know, it's clear to me that obviously they want to find a role for this guy. And, you know, what has me kind of excited about Eric Gray as a potential kickoff returner, despite that stupid rule that they have in place, by the way, which I, you know, I'm curious, I'm still curious to see how that affects things. But anyway, with Eric Gray, he's got vision, he's got quickness. These are all things that were missing from the kickoff return game last year. So, what little I saw of him in the practices, because again, it's it's not really a full-fledged kickoff return. It's just field it and maybe run a little bit upfield and then stop. Um, but what little I saw, you, I, I think Eric Gray is going to be very intriguing in that role. And that would only help him as he looks to maybe solidify RB3 behind Saquon and Matt Breida. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Eric Gray in that role and, and what he can do. All right, folks, coming up, we're going to talk about projections. So I have a, a number for offense, a number for defense, and I'm going to tell you whether I think they will match it, fall short, or exceed it. That's coming up right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And coming up a little later this week, I'm going to be joined by my Locked on Lions uh, colleague, Matt Derry. He and I are going to get together. We're going to do a crossover show. Now, unlike our regular season crossover show, this is a special crossover we're doing. It's actually um, something I had pitched to Matt, and he was like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to do it. And by the way, I'm going to see if I can do this also with um, Julian Council, Locked on Panthers, and John Butchko of Locked on Jets. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about players on our respective teams that may not make the roster, but who could potentially be fits for the other team. So Matt's going to tell me about Lion players that might not make it and, you know, oh, they might be a fit for the Giants and vice versa. And I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, something to consider because the Giants and scrimmaging against, you know, the Lions, you're going to get an up close look at some of these guys and vice versa. So I just, I thought, you know, Hey, why not do that as a topic? So that's a nice way to kind of take us into the preseason game, uh, which will be Friday. And then after the preseason game is over, I'm going to do a uh, quick show recapping with some of my initial thoughts. And um, then it's right back to uh, East Rutherford. I uh, actually on Saturday, the giants are off 
uh, Dable will be talking then it's back to East Rutherford for practice on Sunday. So that's a look ahead at what's coming up here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Hope you will check it out. All right. I've got two numbers here that I'm going to give you one for offense and one for defense. And I'm going to tell you whether I think um, the number is going to be higher, lower, or not at all. The first one is for defense. Will the Giants have at least 41 sacks this year, which is the number they had last year? My answer, folks, is I think they're going to probably fall a little short on that. For the reasons I just mentioned before in the previous section, all right, who are the outside pass rushers? You know, I think what the Giants are going to do, because they don't really have a a pass rusher, you know, three and four from the outside linebacker group, you're going to see a lot of blitzes coming in from the secondary. We've already seen that right now, actually, actually in, uh, you know, training camp practices. We've seen corner blitzes, safety blitzes. Not so much, you know, you know, I haven't been keeping track per se, but just unofficially, I would say more of the sacks have come from the secondary than have come from the front seven. Now, I do think that, you know, Dexter and Leo are going to generate some pressure, get, get into the backfield, but I sure would feel better about, you know, saying that the Giants are going to exceed 41 sacks if they had a third pass rusher. And they might still add one for all we know. You know, maybe once cuts are made, they might add another guy. But right now, I think you're going to be lucky to get 40 sacks. You know, and, and again, you know, sacks are great, but the they are not the be-all, end-all stat. You want to move the quarterback off his mark. That's the key stat. How many times are you disrupting him? I think Wink Martindale would rather, you know, we'll take that over, you know, having a defense that produces a, a gazillion sacks. So something to keep an eye on there. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, I actually don't have a number here, but rather a statement. Which uh, which part of the offense will produce the most touchdowns, the rushing offense or the passing offense? Folks, I mean, this is a no-brainer. Passing offense. Now, how many touchdowns do I think the passing offense will produce? I am going to say 20. Yeah, I'm going to be aggressive with this. I'm going to say 20. You, If everybody's healthy, you know, you got Waller, who is capable of doing it, Slayton, who is capable of doing it, um, Jalen Hyatt, um, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell. you got guys who can win their one-on-one battles with defensive backs. you got guys who can pick up yards after the catch. And you got a quarterback throwing the ball, by the way, who is looking really good, really comfortable in this offense, year two of this offense, and who's just been having one of the best camps that I can ever remember him having since coming into the NFL. So hands down, I think the passing game is going to take center stage for this Giants offense, and they're going to very easily double what I think the rushing offense is going to produce as far as scores go. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's it's going to be Saquon. He's going to be the main man. 
you probably see a little bit more Brita this year, I would think, because there's going to be things, you know, I think the Giants are going to maybe roll back just a little bit on Saquon's reps so that he doesn't, you know, get worn out throughout the season. But, oh, by the way, I think Saquon is going to have some of those receiving touchdowns. So I'm excited to see how that all plays out. And, of course, here at the Lockdown Giants podcast, I'll bring you all that all season long. We'll talk about all that stuff. So it should be a good one. All right, folks, that is going to do it for us here on today's Locked on Giants podcast. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We continue our coverage all week long. We'll have highlights, updates from Detroit and uh, other topics. So tune in and we'll see what we've got. So until then, everybody, have a great one. We will see you tomorrow.